They are finally here. I just received my two books, Plato's Republic and Aristotle's Ethics. I decided I was going to actually just bite the bullet and read these books. I've always wanted to read these books. And uh, they finally came in. So I felt that, you know what? Let's talk, let's review a couple of things. Let's take a look at a podcast and three of the book, three of the last books I read over the past month. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This may be an absolute shock, but I'm actually an avid reader. I love reading. And the four books, I'm going to actually uh, just give you a quick uh, review of four books. Uh, one of them I actually read a while back, and I read it through my uh, Amazon app. Uh, and it was such a good book, I decided to actually buy it and annotate it. So all of these books I've read multiple times and they're just, they're absolutely wonderful. But the first thing I want to talk about is not about a book. I want to talk about a new podcast I've read, I've been listening to. And the reason I'm going to bring this podcast up is simply because it made me think. And I have a feeling if I can finish the, if I can actually finish the blog, I may actually talk about uh, a subject of this podcast on Sunday. The podcast is called Let Freedom Ring. It's by a young man named Noah Ring. I believe he's a teenager. He might still be in high school. And he is a conservative. Actually, he sounds more like a libertarian when it it comes to politics. Uh, He and I have a lot of the same beliefs. I think he's a little bit more liberal than I am. I'm actually pretty, pretty, just a little bit right to... Uh, a right of a libertarian. I, I identify as a libertarian, but I'm just a smidgen right of a libertarian. It's a very good podcast. Um, he's got a very strong voice, very good voice. Uh, his ideas are very good. He gets excited. He actually reminds me of, a, a, I, let's say, a, a little bit more of a raw Ben Shapiro. So he's a very interesting kid to listen to. Uh, if you want to, you can actually, I have him on Podbean, but he can also be listened to on uh, listened to on uh, iTunes. So uh, Let Freedom Ring by Noah Ring. Uh, give it a listen. Uh, the first book I want to talk about, and the reason I decided to do this is because, I, you know, I read a lot and it's, it's, some books are really, really, really good. And I have four books here that I think are absolutely excellent. And I'm not going to be doing this for a while because uh, another book review for a while, because my next uh, three books, uh, Plato's Republic, uh, I'm going to read Plato's Republic, The Gulag Archipelago, and uh, Aristotle's Ethics. Uh, It will be a while before I can actually, these are a little bit heavier books, uh, but and so I, I have a feeling it's going to take me a while to get through them. But I decide I really like talking about books. And what's ironic is none of these books are actually political. Even the first one, uh, Big Win Bigly, it is based off of politics, but it's, it's apolitical. It really has nothing to do with politics. And I, I just think it's fun. I, it, politics isn't something you want to go through every day. And also, what's nice is these are learning 
these are books about learning. It's self-improvement. And I don't mean, hey, I'm a good person and I know it's true and not that kind of learning, but just self-improvement and how I can be a better man, how you can be a better, uh, for me, it's Runner. Uh, one of the books I read, I read, it was recommended by one of my, uh, one of the running podcasts I listened to. And so I think it's it's great when Every once in a while, I should just get away from the politics and the news and actually talk about some things I'm reading and some things I've watched on television. And I'm thinking I might actually do this every Friday now, because Fridays are typically tough for me uh, to have a podcast because it's Friday. I'm going out with my girlfriend. I'm going out with Josie. And it's just not the best time to do a podcast. Now, the good news is today I got out a little bit early so because I'm working this weekend. So I decided, what the heck, I'll uh, run this podcast. And you can see by the way I'm rambling on that uh, I'm in no hurry to get it done. So the first book is called Win Bigly by Scott Adams. And if that name sounds familiar, it should sound a little bit familiar. Scott Adams is the guy who, the cartoonist who did Dilbert. And uh, he is, politically, he's on the left. And this book is not a political book, but it's important to know, um, it's important to know why he's not doing Dilbert cartoons anymore. Uh, Politically, he's actually left-leaning. He's not quite uh, a a left-winger, a leftist. He's a, basically liberal. So he's just to the right, to the left of the political spectrum. And one of the reasons he became unpopular and was actually hated and basically torpedoed his own career, his Dilbert career, that's why you don't see his cartoons much anymore, is because he predicted that Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. And he predicted he was going to win the presidency based off Trump's ability to persuade. Now, Scott Adams is not a left-winger, is not a Trump supporter. He didn't vote for Trump, but he listens to Trump, and he actually said that after he watched Trump and he watched Clinton in 2016, he said Trump is is going to win this election because he has the persuasion techniques. He's something known as a master persuader. And throughout this book, he shows, he gives examples, and he shows how Trump won the presidency and how uh, Trump used his power of persuasion to win the presidency. Now, this book is, again, not really about Trump. The subject is about persuasion and how you can learn to persuade for your life to make it better. But he uses Trump as an example of what a master persuader does and what a master the tricks that a master persuader will do in in order to convince people to do their bidding. Now what's really wonderful about the book, one, it's just a well-written book. Uh, it, I actually listened to the um, I listened to the audio book and I thought it was such an excellent book that I, I wanted to buy the book because I do annotate my books. A lot of people don't like annotating books. I do. I enjoy annotating books. But this book doesn't need to be annotated because as I'm reading it, he actually has little boxes throughout the book giving you persuasion uh, persuasion tips 
So you don't have to underline a, a blessed thing in order to in order to learn something or remember something or look something up. He, I, I'm trying to look right now how many persuasion tips he actually has in the book, but I, I want to say I want to say it's in the 50s. It's quite a bit. Um, I'm looking, looking, looking. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. By the way, there there is absolutely no script to this, so I'm I'm going, I am going cold turkey. Yeah, he has 30 persuasion tips. I said 50, but he has 30 persuasion tips actually mentioned. And the and what's fun about this book, it is so well written. Even the appendices are excellent. I mean, he's got a, a appendice for. Um, persuasion persuasion reading lists. If you want to actually read more on the art of persuading, he's got books for that. He has uh, how to be a better writer. He actually has uh, tips that he believes that if you eighty percent of his tips of the tips that he uses in his writing is actually in this appendix, and it'll make you a better writer because you're going to be persuading to the reader. You're going to be almost talking to the reader. Uh, excellent. How to find out if you're in a simulation. This is a bizarre one. He also has the belief that, uh, is are we in a reality? What is reality? I mean, this guy goes all over the, it just goes all over the map. It is just a wonderful book. Trump's mistakes. He talks about Trump. And by the way, this was basically written right after, I believe it was released in 2017, mid-2017. So a lot of the things that happen today are not really necessarily in the book politically, uh, but it doesn't really seem to matter because that's not what the book's about. He does actually add a chapter in one of his later editions um, talking about some of the things that have happened, especially in the Russian investigation. I do find that very interesting, by the way, reading this book again, well after uh, a lot of the questions have been answered, because you can see that a lot of the things that we really didn't know about in 2016, early 2017, he actually brings up and you just want to say, oh, well, I know what's going to happen now. I mean, it's, it's just an excellent book. A very easy read. About two, uh, about, uh, let's see, about 300 pages. Yeah, about 280 pages. I don't have my glasses on. Yeah, about 280 pages. It's an excellent book and a really easy read and fun. It's just a fun book. And there's just a bunch of little tips in here um, that are just excellent tips. I'm probably going to read this again, but this book has made my library, uh, has made my library, my personal library. So I actually have a library at work and I keep this library. uh, I keep my library there and this is, this is one for the library. The next book I think is absolutely awesome. It's not as entertaining as let's say the uh, a big uh, win bigly but it's there's a ton to learn and it's called you can't lie to me by janine driver janine driver was a lie detection expert for the fbi cia and atf and i think she was actually employed by the atf and what this book does is it teaches you how to um how to read a person and find out if they're lying or not 
how to, how you question a person little tells that person will give you that is that gives them gives you the notice that this person is telling the truth or lying and exercises which I have actually used believe it or not exercises on um how to uh, exercises on practicing the technique of lie detection in a person I have actually used this book. I have actually used some of the tricks in this book to be able to read my bosses, be able to tell if they're telling me the truth or not. And for the most part, when I find when I actually find out whether what they were saying, when I find out the actual truth or if it was the truth, I'm right most of the time. Uh, some of the tricks are actually a lot of fun. And they will amaze your friends. One of the tricks is to is called the coin trick, and I've actually used this trick with uh, my kids and my girlfriend's kids. And essentially, this trick is you put a you put a penny, a quarter, in uh, the person's. The person grabs a quarter, folds the quarter into a fist, and what you need to do is actually is you me as the lie detector is going to figure out okay which hand that quarter is in and i i kid you not it works really well once you learn the tells that a person has once you see the tells you can go in and figure out whether what the actual truth is and it works. I think uh, with my with uh, my girlfriend's daughters, I think I actually had uh, ten of twelve, including eight straight, which I was able to tell which hand the coin was in. But see, that's the tip of the iceberg with this book. That is the tip of the iceberg. It's got a ton of every chapter has an exercise. Every chapter has a test. I mean, this is almost a workbook. It is an excellent book. Again, this was one that I actually bought on the Amazon on the Amazon app. And this app, so I read it electronically. And I've decided, you know what, I gotta buy this book. I have to buy this book because it is one that I'm gonna read through again. And looking at the book. Uh, reading through the book, there are lots of pictures. There, there's just lots of things that the book has that the electronic version doesn't have. So this is a great book. And as far as a book for business, I think it is an excellent book. I, I truly believe this book is can be used in the business environment, in the corporate environment. Wonderful book. Again, uh, it's longer. I think it's about 300. No, it's not that bad. It's about 250 pages. It is not as easy a read. She is definitely not as entertaining as, as Scott Adams. But it's not a difficult read. And you may find yourself so interested in the material, you just fly right through it, as I have. And again, I've read, I've read all these books I'm talking about, I've read twice. So uh, these, these books I actually read back to back to back to back. And so I've just decided, okay, I just finished them right now. So said I should talk to him. The other book, and I've actually read this book twice, was an accident. I don't know if I've actually, if I actually talked about this book before. I know I have used some of the 
comments in this book. For example, uh, I know in a podcast, a past podcast, I used a story that I pulled from this book, the story about um, Picasso. But this book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. And yes, that's Manson, not Madsen. I keep pronouncing it Madsen. It's Mark Manson, like the serial killer. This book was a complete accident. I did not... I did not mean to buy this book. I bought this book right after my son died. And I just needed a comedy. I needed something fresh, something that was going to make me laugh. So I bought this book thinking that this is going to be a comedy. Just by the title itself, I thought this would be a great book. I got through about the first three chapters and I realized this is not a comedy. This is a self-help book. So I put it away, uh, read another read another couple books because the last thing I needed at the time was a self-help book. Ran out of, uh, finished my books, was waiting for a couple books to come back from Amazon and decided, okay, what the heck, it's a short book. And it is a short book. It's about 220 pages. It's a short book, and I'm I'm actually I'm just going to read this book. I read it. What a great book! What an absolutely great book! And it it, it is a self help book, but it is not the self help book that you think it is. It's not telling you how to live your life. Essentially, what this book does is it says take it, it basically is teaching one to take control of his life and whatever he cannot control. What, for example, whatever outside forces are going to determine, it's just don't stress about it. Who cares? So if I'm at work and uh, I'm at work and I'm, I, there's a chance I could get fired or laid off. Better yet, laid off. Should I worry about it? Should I get all stressed out? Should I beat the cat? Should I yell at my girlfriend? Well, no, it's because you know what? Don't give a damn about it. Don't give an F about it. Because there's nothing you can do. You can't control it. And you'll survive. You will survive. Basically, what this book's main purpose is to get out of the realm, get out of the habit of victimization. Stop being a victim. Stop worrying about what the outside world does. And realize you are a, you're an average person. You're nothing special. And stuff is going to happen whether you like it or not. Get over it and deal with that stuff later on. And one of the, a uh, couple of the great things, uh, great thoughts that came out of this book was one, um, one, when it came, comes to death, death should make you know that you're alive. And when you face a death, when you actually face a death, that should make you realize that you are going to die. And if you understand you're going to die, you should also understand you should fear nothing because in a hundred years you're going to be dead anyway. So if you're not doing something, for example, if I was afraid to do this podcast because I'm afraid I'm not going to be very good at it. I'm afraid I'm not going to, people are not going to like me. People are going to make fun of me, things like that. 
because I had my son's death, I dealt with my son's death, and I truly believe that's why I started this podcast. I'm going to die anyway, so what am I going to worry about what you folks think of me? Not to mention, why am I worried about what you folks think of me anyway? I don't know you. I can't control you. So the idea is I should want to go out and take chances and take risks. But it's more than that. It's about responsibility. The book does cover a lot about responsibility. It teaches that something may not be your fault, but may become your responsibility. And that's where we need to be careful. Well, don't get all bent out of shape about it. Okay? So, yes, it's not your it's not my fault that my son died. But it is my responsibility to deal with it. And that's the idea behind that. Those were the two those were two of the many things that I took out of this book. It was just an absolutely wonderful book. Again, I have read this book uh, twice. Actually, I might have read it three times. I'm not even sure yet, but I've had this book for a while. I And uh, it's just an excellent book, and it is funny. It is very easy to read. I got through this book in a couple of days. As a matter of fact, Win, Win Bigley, same thing. I got through that book in a couple of days. They're very easy books to read. Uh, you can't lie to me. I think it took me about a week and a half because I don't read all the time. I'm actually going to go outside and read right after this podcast since I'm so early. But... The, the two books, very easy to read, a lot of fun. Um, and, and just remember this, when you see Disappointment Panda come over, Disappointment Panda will straighten you out. Excellent book. And that is, again, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. And the final book, the final book, and this book I finished about a week ago, another excellent book. I, and I I bought this book. I bought this book because it was recommended to me um, by a running podcast that I listen to, and it's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And Angela Angela Duckworth, she's a pretty brilliant gal, <laughs> apparently. Uh, she's a psychologist, but I think she's done quite a bit. She's been a teacher. She she's done a lot. But Angela Duckworth compares. The talent that an individual has and the effort that an individual commits. And she compares the two and she determines what will equal greater success. So basically, who is going to be more successful at a craft? Is it going to be the one with the talent or is it going to be the one with the effort? It is really a wonderful book, uh, and it goes over the science, and, and guess who wins? Talent, it, 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 she found, for the most part, that it was effort that makes, the, that makes the person skilled at a craft. That talent is great, but talent with no effort is unrealized. It can never, it can never flourish into a craft. And she did have a, she did have a wonder, it gives me hope to believe that, you know what? Yes, there, and of course, there are certain things like Michael, she brought in Michael Phelps and she talked about Michael Phelps and well, he's a physical specimen. That's different. Just because you don't have, just because you don't have 
you want you work really hard at something, it's not going to make you a perfect at it or, or an expert in that specific craft. An example would be I'm never going to be a center for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm five foot nothing. So that kind of thing, when you we have physical limitations, that's a different story. It has nothing to do with talent. That doesn't mean I can't shoot three pointers all day and eventually, you know, hit three pointers everywhere. Uh, not I hate basketball. But you you see the picture. She con- she came down with a formula which I thought was an absolutely excellent formula. She said, in this formula goes, talent plus effort equals skill. Skill plus effort equals uh, accomplishment. Okay. I think that is an absolutely excellent, that is an absolutely excellent little formula, and it's something that I always remember. And I, I, what's where it gets big is when I do, for example, I like to, I like to actually carve. I whittle, I take wood and I whittle wood. Maybe one day I'll actually post something on YouTube with my whittling. And when I, the problem with whittling is it's really, it's really hard. I've been doing it for about a year. I'm getting okay at it, but, um, but it's still, it's, it's kind of iffy. But the book has made me realize, okay, you know what? You just got to keep practicing. You got to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Eventually, you're going to become very good at it. Now, when I I take the train to work, and when I take the train to work, I actually whittle while I'm waiting for the train. I've had, in the last week, I've had two people sit back and ask me if I sell those, sell my little woodcraft. I don't even think they're that great yet. But other people look at them. I ended up giving one guy... Uh, one of my little fellows, my little guys, and but people say, "Hey, that's pretty good." And yes, I'm getting more comfortable. I'm getting better at it. And that's another thing she brings up, which a, a lot of people don't talk about much. It's about failure. Fail, 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 fail. Sometimes you have to fail ten thousand times before you can do something right. Now, when I whittle, and I realized I was thinking of whittling at that point. That's all I was thinking about while I was reading this book was my whittling. And I realized I can't believe how many pieces of wood I have actually thrown out because I have failed. And I also realized just throw the throw the piece of wood out. It, it's a big deal. Throw it out. Throw it out. Not a big deal. Um, but she said failure is good. Failure is something we should learn about. Now you might remember. No, I'll get that. I'll get. I'll get back to it. So she she really it really is a, a a fantastic book. And what she does is she doesn't just come up with the science, the psychology about it. She actually has interviewed people that we all know. She's interviewed Michael Phelps. She's interviewed uh, uh, um, what's his name, the uh, coach for uh, the. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. She's used um, uh, athletes. She's used coaches. She's used writers. She's used artists. She's used educators. All these people, and, and when you hear the names, you'll you'll recognize who they are as examples of effort, grit, being tough, dealing with things. Now. Remember in a, a, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about what's going on with our boys, right? And that book, 
I had just finished reading, and that book really hit it right off the head. Self-esteem. We were talking about self-esteem. This book points out that self-esteem actually comes from accomplishment. Now, she was an educator, so she did have some left-wing left-wing beliefs in the book that I didn't agree with, but for the most part, the science was very good. Um, the book is extremely, enter- the book is not entertaining, excuse me, but it is pretty easy to read. What I love about the book is that it makes the chapters, it breaks longer cha- chapters up into sections, so you're never reading something that's 10 pages long. So I never had a problem actually going in and reading another section and uh, because it's only a page and a half. And then I'll get to the point and then I'll, 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 oh, there's another section. I'll read another, the next section's only a page and a half and I'll read that. Oh, the next section's only three. But you know what? I'll just keep, I have actually found this, um, Win Bigley does this also, is the chapters are so short. The sections within the chapters are so short I just find myself continuing to read because there's no reason not to read the next section. And the information is so interesting. I want to read the information. So that is going, that book is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Excellent book. Um, All four of these books were great. Like I said, I'm going on a classical uh, book rant now. I've got three classics to read. I'm going to read uh, Plato's Republic, um, uh, Plato's Republic, Aristotle's Ethics, and then I'm going to read Homer. I'm actually going to read some Homer, uh, The Odyssey, and I can't remember what the other one is. Hold on. The Odyssey and the Iliad. So I'm actually going to read... Uh, it's The book I got was again off Amazon. It's an absolutely gorgeous book. So these are going to be a little bit longer. And then I'm actually going to finish up. Um, I'm going to, I finished the first, uh, I think it's the first two books of the Gulag Archipelago. Uh, so I'm going to actually try and finish that one off. That one's kind of a heavy, heavy book. Really good. A little bit dry, but I'll, I'll talk about that one when I get through it. So there you go. That's our first review day. And I think we're going to do review days from now on. I think I think review days are fun. The Newsweek has been kind of kind of quiet. There was some stuff that happened. Maybe I'll talk about it next week. Uh, but nothing really huge happened news-wise. So, and Donald Trump is beginning to, you know, his, his guy just cannot shut his mouth for five minutes. I don't know what his problem, his worst enemy is himself. But I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can download or listen to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict, or YouTube. Uh, you can visit my blog at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. They're actually, the books that I talked about will be listed uh, on its own page. So it's actually not part of the blog. It's actually its own web page. And I'm still working on that. I really need to work on my website. I know, I know, I know. But I'm so busy doing the podcast and writing the actual blog entries that I'm not even paying attention to the actual blog, it's actual uh, website itself. And if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. I'd appreciate a, if you you know could subscribe, you can like, or 
may comment, review. I would love a review. You folks have a great weekend, and you've just listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank <laughs> you.